0: This is the SI Fantasy Podcast.
1: He's going to see his production decrease at least 15 to 20%, so I think he might actually be a
0: fantasy bust in 2020. Head to SI.com fantasy for all the latest news, advice, and more to help you win your league. I look at his athletic ability, his explosiveness. He's very good in the red zone, he's able to get you those touchdowns. I mean, this guy had five touchdowns and 30 receptions. That's pretty much unheard of. Don't forget to subscribe to SI Fantasy Plus for even more content you won't find anywhere else.
1: Every single running back in his first year- here as the featured back under Andy Reid dating back to 1999 has been the RB10 or better. How can we go wrong here with the Glide, guys? Here are your hosts, Corey Parson, Dr. Roto, and Michael Fabiano.
0: Yo, what's up? Welcome inside the SI Fantasy Podcast. It is Fantasy Football Week here on SI.com. I am Corey Pawson, the Fantasy Executive. No Dr. Roto today, but I got my main man, Michael Fabiano, rocking with me as we get ready to take you up to kick off of the 2020 NFL season. Mike, what's going on? Not much, dude.
1: You know, just uh, out here in Southern California, it's been a little bit warm out here. So trying to endure with no AC, I was basically looking for an air conditioning unit for the entire weekend and came up with nada. It's like the whole no toilet paper, no hand sanitizer, all over again, except for this time it was air conditioners. But otherwise all good. Also weird too because you no know, Yankees baseball. Because yeah. of that that Mets situation. So I, I couldn't watch the Yankees. So I just, you know, spent some time with the family. It was good. Well
0: that was always fun. You know what I'm saying? To spend some time with the family. No Yankees, no Mets. that's interesting almost had a situation where we may not have had any Buffalo Bills or a couple, of other t- a couple of other teams around the NFL. And you know what? When this thing with the Miami Marlins was going on, I was saying to myself, listen, you don't ever want to be that guy, especially in today's society where you'd be like, hmm, well, maybe this or maybe that. But now you see a rash of false positives come out of the NFL as far as their COVID testing. I believe it was 77 was the number. Hopefully we get this figured out and it doesn't carry into the regular season. But false positives came back negatives, So everybody's on the field playing, Mike.
1: Yeah. I mean, that was, when I read that on social, I'm like, oh no, 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 no. Let's not get into this kind of thing at this point. Right. But ends up that there was a testing facility. I believe it was in Jersey, right. Where they ended up doing a bunch of tests that came back false positives and we're back to work. So, and at that point, remember, the NFL had had a very, very low percentage uh, of te- uh, of tests that came up positive. I mean, it was like, well, like 1% or less. So I'm just keeping my fingers crossed. I understand, Corey, that we are going to have COVID cases once we start getting into the regular season, which is coming up here very, very quickly. I understand that's going to happen. One concern I have is what if something like this happens in the regular season, right? So suddenly there's a whole bunch of positives. and they have to go back and determine are they actually positive are they false positives how long is it going to take to determine whether or not they actually were positive or not what happens if that goes down on a Saturday or a Wednesday before a Thursday night game so there's so much uncertainty when it comes to this COVID-19 situation but hopefully the NFL has got (laughs) enough protocols in place where they can ride the storm even in a worst case scenario and I had said this before. You mentioned the Marlins, right? Cardinals had the same kind of thing. Hey, Corey, they're still playing baseball. They're still playing,
0: no doubt. And see, that's that's the thing about it. One thing that I like is the NFL probably more than likely got ahead of this thing with these false positives because listen, we didn't see baseball go back and do this and, and go to the testing facility, but we've seen the NFL being that of course they're in, they're in they're in they're in um their preseason mode right now and training camp and stuff like that. Obviously, it's tougher to do something like this throughout the course of the regular season. But go ahead and get these faulty test results out the way now so people can, you know, get ready and prepared for NFL football and have a little bit more confidence going into the hobby. Because I think it's very little confidence going into the hobby right now, considering the fact that we are in a pandemic and pandemics are going to pandemic. One of the guys that had the false positive, though, was Josh Allen. I got a lot of people, might talking up Josh Allen this year. I'm not really I'm like, okay, if he's there, I'm fine with it. But it's not like I'm, you know, cuckoo for Coco Puss for Josh Allen.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, I- I'm there too. It- it's basically, he's pretty good. He's not like getting Kyler. I-, I feel like he may have hit his ceiling last year, especially with that rushing uh, success that he had on the ground. I believe he had, what, nine touchdowns on the ground, led all quarterbacks. So th- there's going to be some regression there. But even if he gets you four five or six, that's pretty good. At the quarterback position, I'm more interested to see if he can take the next step as a passer with Stephon Diggs. Now in the mix, we know that Josh Allen has a big arm. And what does Diggs do? He makes plays in the vertical passing game. John Brown, also a talented guy there, so Buffalo certainly has weapons. Added Zach Moss, who has been getting a lot of buzz in training camp thus far. So the weapons are there, and the skill is there for Josh Allen to remain a top six or seven fantasy quarterback. But I don't know that he's going to push into – Say the top three at that position, which is really top heavy.
0: Yeah, no, that position is top heavy. It's, it's so top heavy, in fact, where it's kind of like you got to get one of the five guys that's up at the top, or maybe you can wait all the way to the end. So I find that's going to be um interesting right there. When I look at the situation, right with the Buffalo Bills in general, Mike, I like the backfield Moss, Singletary, maybe some love for my man Cole Beasley. Put two, you know, put some sauce on it. <laughs> I don't know if I'm like, I don't know if I'm a big Diggs guy in this offense. So for me, it's like very limited fantasy options in Buffalo.
1: I would, I would disagree. I would say that there are limited, reliable fantasy options okay. in Buffalo. Stefan Diggs is a wide receiver two or three, but I would agree with you. He's going to give you 25 one week and then five, the next, and then 12, the next, and then seven, the next. He's going to drive you nuts because he's not going to be a consistent contributor uh, in an offense that that, they're going to run the football as well. I mean, they're going to use they're going to use Singletary. Certainly they're going to use Zach Moss, especially if he can avoid injuries. And what we've been hearing about in training camp, this guy is looking absolutely dynamite. So there there are a lot of options there. You mentioned Cole Beasley. John Brown's also going to do some damage. I feel like the most reliable guy could end up being Josh Allen. What he did show me last year at the end of 2019 was that he can succeed even when the matchups are bad. I remember during the fantasy playoffs, he had one of the toughest stretches in terms of schedules among quarterbacks. And I remember talking to people and thinking, man, I may start this quarterback over Josh Allen this week. He's got to play the Patriots. And uh, the matchup's just really tough. And he went up, had over 20 points against New England. So I, I, I liked that. So I feel like Josh Allen, he'll be reliable He's going to be a guy that you'll start most weeks. And Singletary is going to be a guy you're flexed most weeks. But at the wide receiver position, I, I, Diggs is going to be a guy you're probably starting every single week. But in terms of being reliable and consistent, that could be an issue from a fantasy
0: perspective. The Los Angeles Rams backfield took a hit this week. Daryl Henderson comes up with a injury, basically a soft tissue injury. Says it doesn't look like, like a minor injury. Doesn't go, Doesn't look like it's going to be much he is out there battling for those for that backfield duty with Cam Akers from the from Florida State University. Two young running backs, a rookie and a second year guy. And I'm like, I like both of them to be honest with you. What do you think, Mike? <laughs> Here's the thing.
1: When when Henderson went down, and now there's reports that he hopes to be back for week one, that's okay. gonna hurt. That's gonna hurt, man. Like, I mean, that opens the door for Akers. Because now Akers is you would think going to get more opportunities with the first team offense. We've already seen him get opportunities with the first team offense. And Daryl Henderson's a guy who a lot of people hyped last year and he didn't live up to expectations. Not even close. Not by a mile. So it's going to hurt him. But at the end of the day, can Akers step up and be the guy and prove that he has the ability to be a feature back in the National Football League? Ultimately, I still feel like the Rams are going to want to run some sort of backfield committee. Even when Henderson comes back, he will get into the mix. But do I think Akers has the biggest ceiling? Of all those Rams running backs? Do I think he's got the potential to make the biggest fantasy impact? Hell yeah.
0: Yeah, I would agree with you on that. Right now, he's kind of going off the board in that flex range, you know, that RB3 territory. So that makes him a good, better, good value. And when he starts to come up to that RB2 territory, that's where it gets a little bit dangerous. Mm -hmm. But what I will say is this (laughs) the lack of preseason games for fantasy owners to put their eyes on can help keep that ADP low, because God forbid, you know, the Rams play the Cowboys and he pops a 40-yard run, that ADP shoots through the roof, oh, then yeah. he had a value no more. Now, right, we've exactly. seen that happen plenty of times before in the past.
1: With, with a lot lesser players, too. I mean, like, you know, some dude is the third stringer who goes for a 45-yard touchdown run in the third quarter against the third or fourth string defense, and all of a sudden, whoa, fantasy Twitter just blew up, man. Whoa, this guy's gonna be a sleeper. And so I, I agree with you on that.
0: You know how fantasy Twitter can be. You know what I'm saying. Fantasy Crazy. Twitter can be a wasteland of no fantasy knowledge and very good, <laughs> exactly. and, a, and, a, and a lot of fantasy talk. And you know what I'm saying. A lot of it. Listen, I give fantasy Twitter a hard time, but I'm like, come on, fellas, let's do a little bit better than this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yep. the Daryl Henderson thing, I feel bad because I was kind of in on Henderson, but I still may dollar make it holler later on in drafts. Um, this edition of this Las Vegas Raider edition of Theo Riddick. Does that give you any pause about your 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 um your standing on Josh Jacobs? Like when the Raiders brought in Riddick, did you go change your rankings because of that? No, I didn't. It's still Theo Riddick. I, I mean, agree. like, you know, but here's here's the thing. We're hearing
1: Mike Mayock, we're hearing John Gruden say, we want to get Josh Jacobs more involved in the passing game. Okay, that's great, man. Let's do it. I'm all in but all the moves they made this offseason sort of go against that, right? I mean, even in bringing in Rick, he's not a runner. He's a pass catcher. They brought in Lynn Bowden, right? They have brought in a couple of other rookie wide receivers there. When you talk about Henry Ruggs, the first receiver to come off the board in the 2020 draft. You talk about Brian Edwards, who has really flashed. You know, they had brought in Devontae Booker at 1.2. So you're thinking, well, okay, they want to get him more catches, but they keep bringing in pass catchers. So – I still feel like Jacobs could end up being the top 10, top 12 fantasy running back, but Mayock and Gruden have to be good on their word and get him more targets. If Josh Jacobs can give me 40 catches in 2020, he's a top 10
0: guy. No doubt about it. Yeah, no doubt. And I agree with you on that one. And I think, uh, think that be, would be a good thing for Jacobs. Are you, um, are you excited about, about rugs? Not this year. I feel like long-term
1: he's going to end up being a player in the league, but, Here's my problem. Number one, rookie wide receivers, I feel like are going to have a tough time this year because of COVID. And honestly, typically when you look at first round rookie wide receivers, they have not been hitting overall from a, from a real football perspective. But typically the first year, you know, it's got its ups and downs. So he may end up being better in like best ball than he is, say, in redrafts. The Raiders have a lot of miles to feed also. I mentioned a couple of the players they picked up. They also have Darren Waller. They also have Tyrell Williams. They also have Hunter Renfro, right? So a lot of miles to feed. And this, this skill set that Henry Ruggs brings is predicated on a quarterback who can throw a deep. Can Derek Carr throw a deep? I don't know. Can Marcus Mariota throw a deep? I don't know. Uh, in, in terms of on a reliable basis, that, that's questionable. So... I would I one thing that just ran through my mind though. Imagine, imagine if the Raiders, you know, have have a kind of a so-so home season, and then next year, uh, Aaron Rodgers becomes available via trade. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> right? that. Imagine that, and, and then Carr is like out, Mariota's backup, and then they bring in Aaron Rodgers, and then boom, everyone falls in love with Henry Ruggs. It'd Be crazy if something like that happened. Just just sort of popped into my head here, but for now, Ruggs is no more than a wide receiver four for me, and that's where I've been drafting him, where I have drafted him, and I haven't. Had a lot of shares of him at this point, either.
0: No, I, I don't have any shares of him yet, either. But I probably will get some, like you, like you mentioned, in best ball, just in case he does pop, because that skill set is real. Listen, he can catch a football, and take it to the house, and also he can pop the top on the defense. If oh, yeah. there's anybody in that receiving core that I want, it's Hunter Renfro,
1: because of the the targets that you're yes, that you're projecting target. for him to get. Ren- Renfro is not a guy that I'm seeing picked in a lot of redrafts, and if he is, it's super super late. I can understand that because he is more in terms of his skill set, in line with what the quarterbacks have done. Right. There is, there is a reason that the Raiders have had a stud tight end in two straight years because Derek Carr doesn't throw the ball deep. Okay. He likes to throw the short and intermediate route stuff. And that's where the tight ends are going to be. So I can understand that he is to me probably no more than a wide receiver five sort of a dart throw. I also feel like Tyrell Williams isn't a bad dart throw late either. He had some he had some flashes last year, and then things didn't go his way, but he's still the veteran. He he is the, I guess, de facto number one wide receiver there in Las Vegas until Henry Ruggs uh, takes over that role.
0: Number one wide receiver in quarterback, number one quarterback, excuse me, in fantasy last season was Lamar Jackson. Good chance he could be number one quarterback in fantasy again this year. We've seen him, I don't want to say come up hobbled, You know what I mean? But we've seen him deal with some soft tissue injuries. You're not taking him down your board or anything like that, are you? You know, um, when it comes to Lamar Jackson, right?
1: No, I'm not. And by the way, get ready, everybody out there, for Corey and I and every other fantasy analyst to say soft tissue injuries a lot. Yes. All right. That's like going to be the new, like, popular fantasy football team name (laughs) the soft tissue injuries because no OTAs, no preseason. Dudes are going to have issues with that. We've already seen it. Right. And Lamar's back at practice on Monday. So I'm not I'm not going to go nuts about this, but this is something that you're going to have to worry about. And maybe this is a reason why, Corey, you add team QBs rather than individual QBs, because you could see more injuries, especially to guys who are running quarterbacks like a Lamar Jackson, for example. This kind of stuff is, 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 is you have to be
0: prepared for it this season more than any other. See the team, QB, I don't like that. I'd rather go to Wave of wire because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not putting Robert Griffin in my lineup for whoever the backup is. You know what I'm saying? I'd rather go get Dwayne a, Haskins or, right. or maybe even it. your guy That's Daniel Jones. You know what I'm saying? I'm not playing Robert Griffin. Well, what if the matchup is just
1: tremendous and you've got Dwayne Haskins who hasn't been playing very well? With a bad matchup, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't play RG three there. I mean, like oh, you, you never say never, man. I mean, I mean, listen, never. you're
0: right, but if I let me right? tell you, if I got a situation where I'm starting Robert Griffin in 2020, something something went dude, wrong. <laughs> this could be
1: the year where you have to, man, because of injuries and COVID. Like I don't know what's going to happen, but heck, RG three. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Lamar Jackson went down. Please God, don't let that happen. But if it did, were RG three starting
0: games like in fantasy? I could totally see that. All right, interesting. Uh, Big Mike Williams comes down with a shoulder injury. Boy, I've been hearing about the hype, and I've been on the hype train for this kid for a while now. I said when he first came out he was going to be the next Des Bryant. We've seen little small windows, but nothing to make him, to nothing to make you excited about him for fantasy purposes.
1: Yeah, right, and it seems like he's going to miss some time too, which is uh, clearly bad news. Maybe you drop him down a few spots in your rankings at this point, but right now, I mean, Corey, he's what? He's a wide receiver four, wide receiver five. It's yeah, not exactly. Like- it's not like you were investing a whole lot of fantasy draft capital into him, so it stinks. It's you know maybe not great news for Tyrod if he opens the season without his number two wide receiver. Potentially good news for Keenan Allen, Hunter, Renf- or Hunter Renfro, Hunter Henry. Too many hunters going on around man, it's a lot. where um, where they could see a little bit bigger a uh, target share if Big Mike is forced to miss some time. But you hate to see injuries like that in training camp, especially now with the COVID situation and uh, and these guys. I talked to Warren Sapp last week uh, on my show on SiriusXM XM Fantasy Sports Radio. And, you know, he's saying, hey, listen, man, these guys, they got to be ready regardless. Like, you got to come into camp ready to play, even if you're going to be playing in a week or two. Right. So, you know, I understand that these guys are, are physical specimens. But there's also a difference between not practicing and then practicing and then playing in an actual football game. So injuries are going to happen. We just going to have to deal with it.
0: Um, You know, it's interesting that you bring up Warren Sapp. I was going to ask you like offline or yeah, whatever happened to Warren Sapp, but I guess he's doing all right.
1: Yeah, he's doing all right, man. He lives in Florida. He's doing a lot of fishing. I know that he told me he caught a 900 and some odd pound tuna, like up in Canada. Wow. He's all, he's, he's a big time fisherman, deep sea. Otherwise, see, I couldn't do that. I would be sick. I can't do it. I remember, <laughs> I I remember. So like I, I've dealt with vertigo in my life, right? And vertigo is a, is a, is not fun.
0: No. And I remember,
1: not going on a whale watch with my girlfriend. And I thought, oh, this is going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. We get out. We get out into the open ocean, Corey. I saw more of the bottom of a bag of puke uh-huh. <laughs> than I saw whales, man. And there was a whole there was a whole bunch of people on the back of the boat just <laughs> chundering left and right. It was horrible. So I couldn't do what Sapp's doing out there. But if you follow him on social media, it's at Warren Sapp. He's, he's still doing his thing. And I believe he's got a podcast. They're coming out with it soon no specific date but it's going to have something to do with gambling which uh warren's gonna have a lot of fun with i know that so you can check him out yeah he's st- he's still doing his thing man he's just chilling in florida right now trying That's not to good. get covid with all the all the cases
0: they got down there fantasy football week right here on si.com listen to the si fantasy podcast fantasy executive cory paulson michael fabiano glad to have you listening too because it's time to start getting ready for fantasy football season Another soft tissue injury, Brandon Ayuk, the young man, rookie wide receiver for the San Francisco 49ers. Um, I know a lot of people are in on him. I'm a Kendrick Bourne guy this year as far as the start of the season. Where do you sit on that 49er wide receiver crew?
1: Kendrick Bourne's in my Celebrity Fantasy Football League. I got him playing this year, man. So I'm very interested to see when we have that draft. If he actually takes himself, I'm sure he will. But it's bad news for, for Ayuk. Ayuk had been getting all – All of that hype, man, in 49ers camp, and then suddenly you know, comes down with the injury. Again, soft tissue injury, and now we don't know what his status is going to be, right? You've already got Debo, who's going to be out. I mean, George Kittle could get all the targets, and Kendrick could see an uptick in targets, no question. I feel like he was already going to see that with Emmanuel Sanders no longer in the mix there in San Francisco. So if if Ayuk is going to miss regular season games, and if Debo is going to miss regular season games— well, then Kedrick Bourne needs to be on your radar as a late-round pick, certainly in best ball. And then, hell, in DFS, man, he could end up being a bargain to start the year.
0: Yeah, I agree with you on that, Um, especially, like you said, to start the year. That's that, that's that Kyle Shanahan offense. We've seen what he's been able to do with with lesser talent. So now you got some guys out there that does have the talent. I think um, everything is going to shake out. That's a team that I still expect to see playing deep. And I think those players on, those, on the San Francisco 49ers will still be Good options for your fantasy team in 2020. Another good option for your fantasy team in 2020 could be New England Patriots running back Damian Harris. We're starting to hear some good reports out of Pat's camp about Harris. I am still a Sony Michelle truther. I don't know where you standing <laughs> on Sony. Right, listen, don't laugh at me. No, I I'm not <laughs> laughing at you. I'm, not, I'm laughing at Sony Michelle because I mean, at this point, you can get him for almost free. I would think. Yeah, for real. It's the, so, I mean, so I mean, why the hell the, not as an yeah. RB five? I mean, dude, okay. Mike, the yeah, milk's dude. going bad. You know what right. I'm saying? No, like, uh, no,
1: absolutely. So, like, at this point, I think more people might be targeting Sony Michelle because before, uh, when, when we all thought sort of he would be ready for week one, he was getting drafted as maybe an RB3, RB4 type, right? And now people are like, oh, Sony Michelle, I want nothing to do with that guy. That's making the folks out there like yourself, like my buddy Bob Harris over at SiriusXM, think, ooh, this could end up being a potential steal late in my draft. And, and that might very well be true. Here's the thing with, with Damian Harris, right? And the hype is is just blowing up all over New England, everywhere. He's kind of like the, the most recent fantasy hype machine on Twitter. Uh, Lamar Miller's still not back. He will be back. At some point, Sony Michelle will be back. Rex Burkhead is still there. I'm not going to include James White because he plays a different role in the backfield. Yeah. What happens when they're all right, Corey? What happens when they're all right? Does Sony Michel take that job back? Does Damian Harris end up going back to fourth on the depth chart behind those other three guys? Like I don't know. And that's why I'm trying to – I'm not saying avoid the backfield. I never say never. I have a bunch of stairs with James White, but, again, he plays a different role. But out of those three running backs that I just mentioned, and I guess you can throw Burkhead in there as well, I mean, who do you want the most? Do you want the guy who's got the most hype, which is Harris? Do you want the guy who most people would – feel is the most valuable out of those four backs, uh, all things being equal, which would be Sonny Michelle. I, I don't know, man, at this point. It's a tough call.
0: It won't be Lamar Miller for me.
1: Well, listen, that, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> for core, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, we can ask five different fantasy analysts, or we can ask five different fans, and they'll probably all give us different answers.
0: Yes, yeah, for people who know me from the past and in different work that I've done, me and Lamar Miller really don't get along when it comes to him being on my fantasy teams. It got to the oh, point geez. where people would actually would tell me, like people would people like I've seen people actually at Lamar Miller, like yo, the fantasy executive is talking about you again. And I'm like yo, sh- don't do that, y'all. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to problem with Lamar it's Miller. Hard,
1: it's hard to like badmouth dudes like on social media, like players, because ultimately you know somebody out there wants to cause trouble, and they're gonna be like. Hey, you know what? I I I don't know what happened with Antonio Brown when he he blocked me on Twitter.
0: Antonio did. uh, That's right. You've been blocked. You've been blocked by anybody. Well, have you
1: been blocked by Ben Roethlisberger too? No, 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 no. I've never said anything bad about Roethlisberger. Yeah, AB and Matt Forte also blocked me. I think on Twitter too, and I know exactly why. I'm not going to get into it, but it's uh it's it's due to a certain person. But with Brown, when he was supposed to go to Buffalo, right? Remember, for like two seconds, he was going to the Bills. Yeah. I was on NFL total access saying if Antonio Brown goes to Buffalo, he is not a te- top 10 fantasy wide receiver anymore. It's just not, it's not, yeah. I, I just don't believe in him. And at that point I got blocked by him. So I don't know. I, but
0: I can still What's follow him. You, wasn't, do you wasn't disrespecting him. You was disrespecting <laughs> right, exactly. the Buffalo Bills offense. And
1: honestly, who, who the hell cares what I say? You're a freaking Antonio Brown. Who cares what Michael Fabiano says about you? Like, honestly, who, who cares? I don't know. Whatever. It is what it is. But with Forte, I, I remember I interviewed him on TA. This was years ago. This was like one of his years with the Jets, right? Yeah. And I had said that for me, Forte is an RB2. Now, if you don't know fantasy football, you may assume that saying that you're an RB2 means you are a backup, which yeah. is clearly not the case. And I got blocked by Forte. And then what was Forte that year? Oh, an RB2. So exactly
0: it is what it is, man it's all good it's all good. Nah, it, it is what it is listen they don't understand a lot of players don't understand the fantasy terminology and the fantasy lingo and stuff like that and this year could be a tough year for fantasy terminology and fantasy lingo but we'll get into that in another i know podcast. i know i know
1: yeah i know listen i mean we can get
0: into it right now you know what i'm saying I, listen i it's certain listen we don't want to overkill it you know what i'm saying yeah like we don't want to overkill it so when you start hearing, you know, fantasy analysts re- re- refer to you guys as fantasy managers, understand they're avoiding the word owners. Um, When you see people who say, say, uh, you know, his his backfield running mate and not his handcuff, you know what I'm saying? You got to understand is that's kind of where we at as a society right now. I don't think it's mm-hmm. my favorite thing, especially to be bringing it into the fantasy space. But, you know, it is what it is, Mike. Yeah,
1: I. I I never want to get sort of political because it's just not me, man. I want to talk about sports. Politics is is ugly, especially right now with what's going on. But like maybe maybe I'm just I'm just a more laid back type of person. Yeah. Like saying fantasy owner it doesn't it doesn't bother me. Like if it bothers other people, okay, you know, then you say fantasy manager, fantasy fan, whatever the case may be. But I don't know, man. Like like Jerry Jones isn't the owner of the Dallas Cowboys.
0: He's not. Yeah, that's just that's, 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 – I've been to Jerry's football palace I, in North Texas. I mean – I he built it. He, I saw his pictures. is all over the joint. So it, it is
1: what it is, man. It's all. Yeah. It, it, whatever people want to do, it's, it's their thing. But I just want to have fun
0: with fantasy football, man. I don't want to get into the monotony. And speaking of which, let's go and see more monotony with the Washington football team. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, Race I know. Love I know. looking like a three-down back. You buying it? I don't know because
1: I, I – you can't really see what's going on there That's i right. want to see him in a i want to see him in a game and i can't do that so is he on the radar now heck yeah he's got to come off the board late it's like you know almost like a damian harris kind of situation where yeah you got to draft him now somewhere late you're going to have to draft him but here's the thing in washington adrian peterson is going to start week 1 adrian yep. peterson although he's in his mid 30s still looked decent last year he was the best Backfield, uh, the best back in in, in Washington. In, in Adrian Peterson got that old man
0: strength. He got that old man strength.
1: Yeah, right. Exactly. And so, but I would also say maybe he's also more susceptible to the soft tissue injury than uh, some other people, and that could open the door for a guy like Bryce Love. So, for me, in terms of the the starter, let's put in quote starter, the guy who would be on the field for first and second down, the depth chart for me in Washington is Adrian Peterson and Bryce Love. That doesn't mean that I'm drafting Bryce Love before Antonio Gibson because I love Gibson's skill set. And it's a skill set that allows him to be on the field regardless, right? So if it's a passing down situation, it's not going to be Peterson. It's not going to be Love. It's going to be Antonio Gibson. They could use him. They can use him on RPOs, dude. They can have some fun with this guy. He's kind of a, a Swiss Army knife of sorts, right? They can do some things with him. And they need playmakers. And I feel like they're going to have to get creative on the offensive side of the football to stay in games because they don't have a ton of talent, and Antonio Gibson allows them to do that. Now I'm going to ask you a question, Corey, because I'm big on Gibson. I'm not saying he's a guy you're starting week in and week out, but do you feel like Gibson could end up being a flex starter for fantasy fans this season?
0: I think one of those backs will be. I'm not sure if it's going to be Gibson or Love, but I think one of those two backs will have a shot to be a guy that you could put in there as your flex on a weekend and week out basis. Hell, hell, it might be Adrian Peterson, but obviously we want to look at and see what the young players can do. Bryce love was not no slouch in the NCAA. So no, he was know, dude. He, he was, he was, he was yeah, a hockey
1: candidate. Yeah, dude. I mean, he was, people were talking about him in fantasy being a stud yeah. and then just everything went wrong with the injuries.
0: So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, he's a player that I am definitely keeping an eye on Bryce love as far as, um, as it goes to fantasy, uh, football purposes, Mike, let's get ready to get up out of here on Fantasy Football Week here on SI.com. Don't forget, I want to thank everybody for listening to the podcast. Make sure that you go out there, that you tell a friend and tell a friend, and that you like this podcast, you subscribe, and you listen to it each and every single week as we get you ready for Fantasy Football glory in 2020. And don't forget to sign up for SI Fantasy Plus. You get my rankings, Michael Fabiano's rankings, Dr. Roto, Bill Enright, the whole crew. We got you covered. I can guarantee you that. Yeah. NBA action. Yesterday. You
1: you do it all, man. You do it
0: all. Jesus. I am a, a jack of all fantasy trades. I, love it. Yes, I try sir. to I try to get every dollar I possibly can. So Luka Doncic goes crazy. Everybody breaks the internet, this that and the third. And I thought to think to myself, does the NFL have a Luka Doncic? And two <laughs> names come to mind. Yep. Second year players that could explode. And yeah. I think you know who I'm talking about. Colin Murray and Marquise Brown. Yeah,
1: dude. Yeah, that, those are two of the names, certainly. I mean, Kyler definitely is one of those guys that could end up busting out this season. Last year, just short of 18 points per game, and now you got Nuke in there, dude? Like, De'Andre Hopkins is going to add at least a couple of points per game, I feel like, to Kyler Murray. So he's certainly a guy who's who's moving on up or, or did move on up once that trade happened. And then, yeah, Marquise Brown. So I don't think Marquise Brown is going to be a true number one, you know, when you think of number one wide receiver, right, you think of like Larry Fitzgerald from back in the day, A.J. Green, or now like, you know, Devontae Adams, Michael Thomas, Julio Jones. I don't think he can be that kind of guy, but I do think he can be the kind of player like a Deshaun Jackson. In his prime. Who, right, exactly. When Deshaun was, was you know, giving you 65 catches, a grand, and, you know, maybe six, seven, eight touchdowns. I think Marquise Brown can be that guy, and I think he could be that guy this year, he's a, he's a big-time breakout candidate from a fantasy perspective. And then there's no shortage of, like, second-year tight ends that you could talk about too, right? Like Noah Fant, for example. TJ Hawkinson's another one too. So there's certainly a lot of those second-year guys out there, regardless of Daniel Jones, who I absolutely love. He's another second-year guy. Let's
0: not Daniel Jones to Luca. Let's not. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm,
1: as, far as, as far as, like, you know, a second-year guy who yeah. breaks out. See, I haven't been following basketball. The only thing I follow is the Lakers. Okay. So I've been a Lakers fan. You and I, right now, here's what happens. When you get in a relationship with a lady, some things go away and some things stay. I've been yeah. with my girlfriend for over five years. Yankees are not going away. No Obviously, doubt. the NFL is not going away. For me, basketball went away a little bit, right? So back in the day, dude, I lived on the East Coast. I was in Connecticut. I would stay up late to watch Lakers playoff games, okay, because I love Magic Johnson. Big fan of Magic Johnson growing <laughs> up. That's why I became a Lakers fan from Connecticut. I used to watch NBA all the time. All the time. But now I only really pay attention to the Lakers from time to time. I broke into the industry doing fantasy basketball back that? in 2000. I did fantasy hoops, man, and I loved it. It was a lot of fun. I haven't played in the fantasy hoops league in a while. I'd love to get back into it, though. It's just sometimes, man, when you grow up, you get into your, you know, into your mid-40s. You know how it is, dude. Yep. You get in a relationship, man. and Some stuff's got to go away. Some stuff sticks around. NBA went away for me a little bit, but I'm still paying attention. Uh, so when I saw people tweeting about uh, that performance last night, I had to go and, and check it out.
0: Boy, that was something else. No, not about it. So um, do you think Kyler Murray can win the MVP? Yeah.
1: Listen, anything is possible with Kyler Murray. I, I love the talent. I really do. I, I'm hoping it's Dak, but that's me being a Cowboys owner. Of course. Yeah, yeah, Kyler. But it's. The Cardinals are going to have to win and get to the playoffs though, that's right? That's the whole I mean, thing like, about it. It's yeah, going to exactly. be it's going to be hard, it's going to be hard for Kyler to win on a team that doesn't get to the to the postseason.
0: I mean, I, I guess it could happen, but I mean, I mean we're coming there. off a of two we're coming off of back-to-back years with second year quarterbacks winning the MVP. Mm-hmm. I don't see mm-hmm. I don't know if Stidham is going to win it, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> too. yeah no. It, it's funny
1: it's funny too because Stidham's name also sounds like Sidham which is yeah. exactly what fantasy owners are going to be wanting to do, like sit him on the waiver wire or on your bench if he ends up playing. I can't see him uh, starting games over Cam Newton unless Cam goes down with an injury or he's just awful,
0: but that, that's, that's where that I'm at with that. I do see that being the, uh, the object right there either. Thanks a lot, my man. Thanks a lot for everybody for checking us out throughout the first, the, the first two episodes. Now we drop number three. Don't forget, it is Fantasy Football Week on SI.com. So we got you covered up the day. Don't forget to sign up for Fantasy Plus. And don't forget to like, share, tell a friend, and tell a friend. For Michael Fabiano, I'm Corey Paulson, the Fantasy Executive. We are out.